Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Come on, put your hands together one more time if you're excited to be in church today. Isn't this fun? Man, such a fun time of the year, and uh, we're just so excited, as Hannah shared. Uh, I do want to get to this word, but just it excited about next week and just the opportunity uh, to, to, of what we get to do to serve our community, to be together, to really honor Christ uh, Jesus, the Lord who has come to be God with us and what that means. And I'll just tell you that your friends, I'm telling you, you've got friends and neighbors uh, that they're more likely to say yes to your invite to come to church on this Sunday than almost any other Sunday of the year. And for us, what we know is we just say, hey, let's just take advantage of that. And uh, just because we know that God is so good and God has something for them and you just might, they just might be one ask away from saying yes, not to just coming to church, but to really experiencing God changing their lives forever. Yeah, you believe that? And so I'm praying for some ones, uh, there's some ones in my life that I'm inviting and uh, I'm hoping you are too because I'm telling you there's nothing like experiencing church with a friend, but there's nothing like experiencing Christmas with a friend either. And so I can't wait to meet some of your friends next week. We are so excited. And uh, we've got a, it's going to be a full house. We've got full teams on both services. So super excited for that. But hey, let's dive in today. As you heard, we're on this series. You saw that video. We're in a series called God With Us, where we're really looking at what does it mean that Jesus came to be God with us? Not just a promise of someday or one day, but here and now that you and I can experience a personal, undeniable experience of God's presence. Man, just where we just say, God, you are with me. And that's God's prayer for you. That's our prayer for you. And specifically this season, we've been looking at what does it mean to really experience everything that Jesus came for when it comes to God's joy and God's love. And today we're looking at God's peace, God's peace. In fact, all this really stems from some prophecies about who Jesus would be and who, why, why he would come. We've looked at a few of them in this series, but one we've looked at every week on this video, that actually is a scripture, comes from a scripture, if you're not familiar with it. It's in the first half of our Bible, uh, and it's from a, a prophet named Isaiah. And I just want to show you what else that prophecy says about Jesus. So let's go to that real quick. This is what you see on the screen. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government or the authority, the authority will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, such a powerful declaration of Jesus. But then this is the next verse I want you to see. It says, of the increase of his authority, again, that's really the heart there, of the increase of his government, his authority, and his peace, there will be no end. No end. 329 times in scripture, it talks about God's peace and God's desire for it to invade our lives. Uh, man, that's incredible. From Genesis to Revelation, all over the Christmas story, there's this promise of peace. And really, if you were to summarize peace as far as what Jesus said or as what the Bible teaches us, this is what peace is. Peace is this. It's complete wholeness. Think about that. Peace is when every, every part or every piece is, is all perfectly aligned and put in place exactly how God 
intended it to be. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing missing. Just whole and complete. Tell you what, we need that peace. I need that peace. Our world, your neighbors, your family needs that peace, yeah? It's just so important. But I think something and that's a challenge, or maybe this is just for me personally, but something I know about peace, and I know that just in the practical sense, in the everyday sense, like this is a great Christmas song to sing, but what about like in real day, real everyday life? For me, this is what I know about peace. Peace is not only so hard to find, but it is so easy to lose. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's hard to put your hands on peace and like really experience it, but I feel like it's just as soon as I have that kind of moment, it slips out of my hands immediately. It's so hard to find, but it's so easy to lose. I think that's so crazy. In fact, I think for too, far too many people, like this is what's true for me. It's easier for me to exchange my peace for a worried, anxious-filled heart than it is for me to exchange a worried, anxious-filled heart for peace. Anybody else? Like it, it just takes one email <laughs> or one text or one football game, and I'm just like, forget it. You know, like this is over. Um, but the Hokies will come back next year. We've got a lot of returners. I know that's what you're worried about. But that's seriously like it's so easy. It's so hard to find peace, but it's so easy to lose. And, and truly, I don't think I'm the only one. I don't even think this is a Christian problem or a religious person problem. I think this is just a human problem, right? Like it doesn't matter what you believe or what your story is. It's just true that peace is so hard to find, and that whole sense of it's so easy to exchange it the minute we have it for worry and for anxiety. In fact, really, the stats say I'm not alone. The stats say that right now, this year in 2023, one out of every three adults in America have experienced anxiety and depression and symptoms that have been debilitating in their life. One out of three. It's crazy. That's, that's one-third of this room. I don't know how you divide it, but somewhere in there, that's one-third of this room has experienced an anxiety. And if you've been there, if you've experienced what I have, anxiety, man, what's so difficult about that is what happens in your heart when you let it rule. In fact, I would say that, that, that for me, there have been too many seasons where anxiety has ruled my heart. And when I am there, when I'm experiencing that, man, that that's a space where, man, I, I end up, honestly, I end up making some choices that are some of the ones that I regret the most in my life. I end up ruining some of the things that matter most to me in my life. Like I end up hurting people in, in ways that I never wanted to hurt them. I end up making choices that don't de de decrease the anxiety. I make choices that increase the chaos. You know, anyone else like this? That, that's, that's just so easy in this season. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just our culture. I don't know if that's just always been that way through every generation. But I know it's true for so many people. That peace, man, peace is just a far-fetched dream. It's nothing real because there's, there's so much turmoil. And, and I think humans, we have this incredible ability to, to really, we have an ability to portray an external peace on the outside, but internally there's just turmoil and chaos, right? Mentally, relationally, spiritually. I mean, I can be talking to you and you can be talking to me and I'm nodding my head, but internally, I'm in a fist fight with a server 
who gave me my sparkling water with a lime and called me bougie. Like, I'm still arguing with him. He forgot the, 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 the mint leaf sprig, you know, and I didn't say anything. I'm not that bougie, you know, just that was the one joke I got today, y'all. That was, <laughs> I literally wrote it. Anyways, um, and I do like the mint tea leaf, you know, so that's nice. Anyways. Like, isn't it true, though? Isn't it true for all of us? Like, we can be, we can portray this external, everything's okay, everything's fine, especially on a Sunday. Man, everything's good to go. But just inside, we are just a mess. We are in a storm. We are in turmoil. So what do we do with that? How how do we really reconcile that with what God promises us? Because, and and I'll just say it to to you this way, this is the promise from God, and I think this is what God wants to say to every one of us, that if you've had anxiety ruling your heart, if you've had that that kind of experience or worry or just there is turmoil or there is division that's just causing you so much stress, I just, this is the word of the Lord for you. Listen, that is not the life that you were made to live. That's not the life God wants for you. That's not why Jesus came for you. Actually, Jesus came so that you could know a real lasting peace and so that that peace could pervade every area of your life. And so I just want to real quick today just talk about how do we experience that? How do we really experience peace and what is the peace that God offers us and how can we take hold of that? That's the heart of today. And so I just want to begin by, by really clarifying two important things what we see about peace in Scripture. Here's what you can see. Number one, peace is not a virtue to possess, but peace is a person to know. Scripture teaches us that peace is a person to know, and his name is, come on, everybody, it's Jesus. Come on, say a good old bueno if you believe in that right there. Wow. Okay, we'll get better. That's okay. Listen, 2 Thessalonians 3, chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 16 says, Jesus is the Lord of peace. Isaiah 9, verse 7, verse 6 says, he is the prince of peace. And what we learned just, just earlier was that of his peace and of his authority, there will be no end. And I think there is no mistake that God spoke to Isaiah in such a way that these two things would be paired together. God's, Jesus' authority and Jesus' peace. Here's why. Here's why this is so important for you. In fact, if you don't take anything else away from today, man, I've got like 30 minutes of content left, but this is the, the kicker right here. If you want an increase of God's peace in your life, then you have to allow an increase of his authority in your life. If you want there to be no end to his peace, there has to be no end to his authority. If you want his peace to rule in your heart, then you've got to allow his authority to rule in your heart. If you want his peace to rule in your mind, then you've got to let his authority rule over every thought in your mind. If you want his peace to rule over your relationships, you've got to give him all of the authority in your relationships. If you want his peace, come on, to rule in your finances and to stop being stressed out about whether you're going to make it to the end of the month or the end of the year or what are we going to do. If you want his peace to rule in your finances, you've got to let his authority rule over all of his finances. Are you getting this today? Come on, is this helpful? I need a little feedback this morning. There's a lot of us in the room. Yeah, this is, this is God's heart for you. And, and if I can just, I say this a lot, but I'm trying to correct a, a narrative that has been misleading in the church for way too long. And that's this, that when it comes to Jesus' lordship, 
When it comes to his authority in our life, that's not something he wants from you. He wants it for you. He, he doesn't want to be Lord of your life because he's trying to take something from you or steal something from you or hold something back from you. No, actually, he has so many good things that he knows you can experience if you will trust him with all of your heart and with all of your mind and with all of your finances and with all of your future and with all of the relationships in your family and with everything around you, if you would give him total, total authority in your life, you know what you would experience? A peace that has no end. That's what God wants for you. This peace, it's a person. This peace, it's only experienced through Jesus. This peace is so important. And that is why, here's the second thing for you. Because it's a person, this peace is relational. What I mean is it's not circumstantial. In fact, that's where I get it backwards a lot. I, I just, I often, I live like if I can just make peace happen on the outside, I will have peace happen on the inside. <laughs> like if I can just make this relationship settle down and this person do what I want, and if I can make sure we make this much money and we, you know, we get this much credit or whatever, if I just give peace in all these areas outside of me, then I will experience peace inside of me. That is circumstantial peace, and the truth is that is not what the Bible or what Jesus or what Scripture promises. That's not what it offers. Jesus offers us a relational peace. And actually, if you think like I do about peace sometimes and you try to fix everything on the outside so you can have peace on the inside, you are actually experiencing not just something that's wrong, it's actually backwards. And I'll show you that in a minute from what God actually intends for you to experience in your life. Peace is a person to know, not a virtue to possess. And it is relational. It's not circumstantial. And because of that, I want to show you today what are four relationships that God wants to bring peace to you in through Jesus Christ. What is this relational peace all about and how can we experience? So come on, take some more notes. I told you it was good, but it's going to get better. Okay, here's number one. Here's the first relationship Jesus came to bring peace to. He came to bring, bring, give me peace with God. Peace with God. Romans 5 chapter 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Come on, say that with me. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that is so powerful if you really sit down and you think about what that peace means. Peace with God. In other words, when we put our, leave that up for a minute. I just want them to look at this. When we have, when we put our faith in Jesus, when who he is, when we allow him not just to be savior of our life, but Lord of our life, to have full authority, here's what we experience. We are justified. In other words, it's just as if I've never sinned. It's just as if I've never made a mistake. It's just as if because of what Jesus Christ was done and it has done. And that is what means that my relationship with God, it's whole. My relationship with God is complete. There's nothing lacking because of Jesus. There's nothing missing because of Jesus. And, and I don't know if you're like me, or, but I, I've spent so much of my life in the mentality that I, I've got to get in, in this God wants something from me mentality versus the God wants something for me. Here's what I mean. I, I, I sometimes just fall back into this idea, well, I've got to earn God's kindness. 
I've got to earn God's favor. I've just got to do a little bit more to make sure that I've got God's attention. Like, I just need to pray a little bit more. I just need to read the Bible a little bit more. I just need to go to church. I'd never actually say that one. I'm at church all the time, y'all. <laughs> Believe it or not. But I, I often think there's lots of things I need to do. And I think for some of you, you're there too. Like you're walking on eggshells with God in your life. Like, because you don't want to wake up his anger. Like you just, I just need to do enough. I just need to go to church enough. I just need to pray the right thing or say the right thing or have enough faith. And, and listen, if that's what you believe faith in Jesus is about or following Jesus is about, that's not what he taught. He said, no, if you just put your trust in me, listen, everything is complete between you and God. And for some of you where you've just been, man, honestly, in a rat race trying to please God and get his approval, can I just speak the word of Jesus to you? Peace be still. Man, when God looks at you, he is not disappointed. He's not frustrated or angry. No, when he looks at you through the work, the perfect work of Jesus, man, he looks at you with eyes so full of compassion, so full of, of, of just love and affection towards you. He sees so much potential in you, and his heart is to say, come on, I got something for you, and if you'll just give me your life, man, we can restore this thing, every piece, every part, back to who you are. Isn't that beautiful? Come on, can you put your hands together if you've experienced that kind of peace? with God in your life, that's real. And it is something to experience a life where, man, I don't know what's going to happen in my future. I don't know what's going to happen with this decision. I don't know what's going to happen in this relationship. I don't know what's going to happen in my future. But, man, because I've given Jesus lordship over everything, there's a peace that has no end. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's real. And it's something you can experience. Jesus came to bring you peace with God. But here's the second one. Jesus came to bring you peace with self. Peace with yourself. And this is so important. I just, I need to say it to you. Your sense of worth, your sense of acceptance, your sense of security and of significance, it can only be complete in a relationship with Jesus in a relationship with Jesus. Listen, only those who find themselves in Christ can really experience that kind of peace. This is what Ephesians teaches us in scripture, that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And I think for some of you, this is the question right here that has been driving your sense of chaos, your sense of anxiety, this question of who you are. And I just believe that God is inviting you through Jesus. Jesus is inviting you back to say, come on, just give me your life and let me put all the pieces back in place exactly how you are designed to be. That is the invitation of God. And it's true. There's never been anyone like you. But that's not a testament to you or to me. That's a testament to the God who made you. And when you surrender your life to him fully, man, he has an ability to bring you to a place of identity in Jesus where you really can know that you know that you know who you are and what you were made for. And I know for me, I've tried to establish my identity on so many different things, on my desires or on my passions or on my skill or on my achievements or my abilities or even on others, what other people thought or what other people you know, said, any of those things. But the truth is, all of those things are temporary. <laughs> We're talking about that a lot, right? 
None of those things will last. It's only what Jesus says. It's only what God has determined. And when I finally, for me, put my life in Jesus' hands, when I finally surrendered every part of who I am and said, Jesus, it's in you that I discover that, here's what I experienced. I experienced the peace of God, not peace from God, but the peace of God that surpasses all my understanding, all my limitations, everything that I know and I don't know. This is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, and it stands guard over my mind and over my heart. That's the kind of peace. That's the kind of peace that Jesus came to bring you. And that peace cannot be taken away from the world because the world didn't give it. That peace cannot be taken away from your circumstances because your circumstances didn't give it to you. That peace cannot be taken away by your understanding because your understanding did not give it to you. That is a peace that has no end. And so really the question, and, and, and great teaching, but, but listen, honestly, can you just take a minute and just ask yourself, have I really allowed Jesus to define me? Have I, I really invited his, his lordship over my identity, his authority? Because there may be some expressions of truth, of grace, of peace even that you've yet to experience until you've really invited him in that way. And, and listen, if that is you, I, I just want to let you know, that's exactly the reason why we are here as a new community. The reason why we started this church over three years ago was just to help people really discover who they are and what they're made for and to find that in Jesus. That is our heart. And if you're here today and that's a question that you really wrestle with, here's my invitation. I invite you to come, just lean in to new community Lean into us. Just come. Let us know that's where you are because we would love nothing more than to help you really discover everything about who you are and what you're made for. That's the heart, man. That's the heart. That's God's heart for you. It's ours for, for you as well. So that's the heart. I love this. God, uh, Jesus came to bring us peace with God. He came to bring us peace with ourselves. Is this helping everybody? Is this helping? Can you put your hands together if this is helping today? Is it good? Thank you. It's good. Here's the third one. God gave us, came to uh, give us peace with others, peace with others. And again, this is where I think I've gotten it backwards because somehow I have often got it caught in my head that if I can just make peace outside of me, I can make peace within me. But actually what God determined, what he wanted, was that if he could really make peace with me through Jesus, and then if he could allow that peace to be established down into my identity, it's from that very place. Once I have peace inside of me, then I can actually give peace, God's peace to others around me. It's, that's what God's intent is. That's what he wants to do. I don't have to try to sustain peace out here. God can sustain it in here, and then I can give it to others. That's his intent. God wants it, us to be peacemakers. For that to be part of our identity, Jesus said it this way. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. It's part of who we are. For they will be called sons and daughters of God. I, I, I really do believe this is sequential. Does that make sense? I, I believe that it really is this process of me experiencing peace with God through Jesus, of Jesus restoring back to me this perfect identity of who he called me to be, putting every part together, every piece back in line, nothing missing, nothing lacking, so that I can then, from that vantage point, I can actually share God's peace 
with others. That, I believe, is what God wants to do, the process he wants to fulfill. And I believe that's true on the macro level for us as a community, but I believe that's also true on the micro level for you and I individually. And you may be asking, okay, well, Brandon, how do I share that peace? Here's what Psalm 34 says. It says, turn from evil and do good. And do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So here's the, here's the reality. So now as a Jesus follower, I don't do good to earn peace with God anymore. Jesus took care of that. No, I do good to share the peace of God with someone else. Does that make sense? That's what God wants from us to, to, to do that. And I, I want to take a minute, if it's okay, and brag on you all. Uh, I want to brag on New Community, but before I do, can I just keep it on the personal level and ask you and I a, a question about what happens? Here's my question for you. So, so what, happens, what happens when you walk into a room? Do you see people's peace increase <laughs> or do you see their anxiety increase? Do you, I didn't come up with a question, I just asked it. I did come up with it. Um, <laughs> seriously, do, do, when you walk into the room, do, do people lighten up or do people hush up and tighten up? And if you call yourself a Jesus follower, can I just challenge you? If that's what happens when you walk into the room that the air gets real thin, you may need to turn and do some good in those relationships. At every level, I'm speaking to dads in the room, to moms in the room, to bosses in the room, to employees in the room, to friends in the room. Come on, God wants us to be peacemakers, that when we walk into the room, anxiety does not go up, but anxiety goes down. And can I tell you my personal conviction? I don't think this is just the, the case that, and the question we need to ask of us individually. I think it's the question we need to ask collectively as a church. Like when our church is in our community, what happens? Does anxiety shoot up <laughs> or does peace increase? When we come into our community, do pe people hush up and tighten up or do they lighten up? And that's what I want to brag on you about. <laughs> because we have so many stories just in, the, I mean, just in the last month of ways that you have been in our community, times when you have gone above and beyond, even just the way you give to new community in general, how generous you are. It's allowed us to head into our community in spaces where they haven't had peace, and we've been able to bring peace to them in the name of the Prince of Peace. Can I just celebrate that with you guys? Here's a few things. Yeah, you're going to clap a lot. Here's super, something super fun. We did something over November. You know about it, our new code merch store where we sold a bunch of the stuff you guys are wearing today, and, um, and <laughs> not, not only Nuco stuff. Some of you are like, I didn't know. Anyways, we sold a bunch of Nuco merch, and we did it to raise funds for the Hanover Foster Care Network, who serves families and those who work with foster students here in our county. And I just want to celebrate that you raised through that store over $1,300 to go towards that work. And actually, just, yep, that's it. And then just a few weeks ago, this is what we did with some of that. We were able to host a dinner with the Hanover Foster Care Network for all of the 46 social services workers. If, if I can tell you some people in our county who have no peace at their work, it's them. <laughs> they have people that 
in the instant, in the middle of the night, some kids got to get rescued out, and they are there. They're the ones staying with the child. They're the ones who are trying to find last-minute placement. They're the ones who are working with them. They're the ones who are there, in the, not just in that moment, but for the next year and the next years and the next years, walking with a child, walking them, some of them who have experienced brokenness over brokenness over brokenness. And I'm telling you, when we are with them, they, they see the church walk through their doors at DSS, and it just brings peace. And you know, when we were able to do this for them, do you know what they felt? This is what they said. We're seen and we're known. And we were able to do that in the name of Jesus. Come on, isn't that awesome? Can you celebrate that? So proud of you. Beautiful that we got to do stuff. We, we actually, uh, we've also got to serve. I don't know if you know the news, but we had a family who tragically lost a son uh, from Atley High School. Just recently, a uh, son was was killed tragically by a train, and uh, the family, it was just so unexpected. And because of your generosity, we were able to partner with a bunch of churches in our communities and just help offset some of the funeral expenses that that family incurred. And again, to do it, how many of you know, if there's ever a moment when there's not a lot of peace, that's one. And that's a space where churches should come, Christians should come and bring peace. Isn't that good? We were able to do that in the name of Jesus. We also, it's not just what we get to do in our community, but it's actually what we've been able to do around the world. About a year and a half ago, we began a relationship with a missionary who lives in Bethlehem. Isn't that crazy? He's in Bethlehem, he and his wife and his family, and he's Palestine, she's American, but they are Christians that are serving everyone there in their community who need to know Jesus. And in the middle of this conflict, if you guys know, I mean, we, we all know what's going on there uh, in, in the Middle East. If you remember, when that first happened, we had a prayer moment as a church, not to pray for nations or not to pray for who would win, but to pray for the people and the sons and the daughters and the children who were caught in the middle of that, to experience peace. And we actually got, we're, stayed in touch. His name is Iman. Her name is Mary. Go ahead and put that picture up for them. Uh, this is them, and we got in touch with them and, and just, hey, what, what's going on? What's happening? They're right there. I mean, we actually, this week, they had nine more missiles come into uh, not their neighborhood, but they flew over their neighborhood. I mean, this is an everyday experience. It's no longer in our news cycles, mostly, but it's still very real for them. And what we knew was happening and what they shared with us, what was happening here, is that they were experiencing where everyone lost their jobs. And as you can imagine, food prices skyrocketed. And people were starving, and there were not a lot of answers, and there was not a lot of clarity from, from, of who was doing what and, and who, was, who could you trust and all that stuff. And so they just got a vision. They said, hey, what if we could mobilize the Christians here, and what if we could mobilize the church here to actually pr provide food, food boxes, and we could go to the, to the Jews, to the Muslims, to the Palestinians, to the Israelis, no matter who they were, and we could just say, hey, in the name of the Prince of Peace, those are their words, in the name of the Prince of Peace, we want to provide some food for you. And they reached out to us and said, would you help us do that? And again, because you're so generous to Nuco, we were able to respond quickly to them, and they've been able to feed hundreds of families who are still living in the middle of that space. And you know what they're doing? It? They're saying it. We're doing this in the name of the Prince of Peace. Come on, can you just celebrate God for that and what we get to be a part of? Isn't this who we're supposed to be as a church? Man, I, I just got to share one more. Can I do that? We served with this school in Trevette, and you guys know this. It's an elementary school in Glen Allen, 
And we did, y'all were incredible at Thanksgiving, providing all of the, sorry, that was me plugging in. If, uh, it's just my beatboxing. If, if you, if you, we, we served them at Thanksgiving and gave so much, uh, just food for families. They've identified, the staff has identified um, some things there. Well, they reached out to us a few weeks later and they had identified some needs of just a, a few specific families who, who really had some needs in, in, in their school. They knew they, they needed some winter coats. They, they weren't going to have much for Christmas. And the staff asked us, hey, would you help us bless these families? And we had some incredible, uh, I call them Team Trevette, people who served there. Just Team Trevette stepped up in some incredible ways. We had some awesome things happen. And this week, we got to deliver some bicycles, some coats, some, some, uh, some uh, we got to deliver socks and shoes, all kinds of stuff that the families had asked that the staff knew were some needs in the families. And here's what's so beautiful. The principal, when she came in, she just got emotional and she said, you have no idea. Every time you guys walk through these doors, we just feel peace. Her words, not mine. That's just who we're supposed to be, right? We're supposed to be a people who really have peace with God. We can truly have peace with ourselves. We can give that peace to others because, listen, they're not giving us peace or taking it. It's not, it's, it's not dependent on them. We can just give freely. And it's beautiful that in this season we get to remember this is why we're here. But can I just share one more word of peace with you and this is so true and it's this that Jesus wants to do all those things for you but also this right here Jesus does want to bring peace to your world he wants to give you peace with your world and here's what I mean by that with the circumstances in your world that seem a little out of control there's a story in one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus's life where he was with his closest followers we'll call them the disciples for now and these disciples and Jesus got into a boat, and they, they as they were in the boat, they actually, um, they actually uh, got in, caught in the middle of a pretty bad storm. And the worst part was Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> and uh, I like that guy. Um, and so anyways, they're freaking out. You know, they're doing all, all this kind of nautical stuff, I guess. And um, when none of that started working, they just reach out to Jesus. They wake him up. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? They were a little frustrated from what the, the Mark, how Mark tells it. And Jesus just real quickly stands up, and he doesn't even respond to them. He looks out to the wind, and this is what he says. He says, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And I just felt like today the Lord wanted to make sure that, that you knew that while, yes, God can give you a peace that surpasses your understanding, and God can give you a peace that surpasses and goes above the storm, God can also bring peace to your storms. And I think a lot of times in the church, can I just be honest with us for a minute? We don't want to get our hopes up, right? Like, well, God, I know you'll give me peace above this. But I want you to see that Jesus is willing to speak peace to your storm. He's willing to not just let it blow over you, not just let you get in over your head. I mean, he's, he's willing right there to hear your cry for help and to say, peace, be still. And more than you just knowing things about peace, more than you just having a teaching about peace, God wants you to experience 
his peace. And for some of you, you've got a storm raging inside. I mean, you, you've got everything fine on the outside, but inside there is turmoil and there is chaos. And, and you don't have to like just walk on eggshells around God or fix everything just so, you know, I'll just get it straight over here. And once I'm fixed and once I'm kind of over this, then I'll come over and God, I'll be with you. You don't have to do that. God's okay to be right in the middle of the storm with you. Listen and speak peace, be still. I feel like more than anything today, God wants to speak that word to some of you. So I just want to invite you to stand as we finish today. Because I think every one of us have an opportunity to invite the increase of the authority of God in our lives to come so that his peace could increase. And here's what that means. All that means is it's just saying, God, I trust you. And maybe you're here today and you've just got to invite God to come in and to, you just got to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my anxiety. And you just got to say, God, I trust you with I trust you with, with where I'm at emotionally. I trust you with my identity. Maybe you do have a storm. Maybe there's something relationally, or maybe there's a financial storm you're facing right now. Maybe there's just a situation that, that's just got, you just got an in over your head, and right where you're at, you just need to reach out to God. And you just need to say, I trust you right here in the storm. If that's you, would you do that? Would you just, all over this room, no matter who you are, what you believe, wherever you're at, if you just want to invite the increase of God's peace in your life, would you just lift your hands to him? God, just as a sign of surrender, as a sign of trust, and just begin to say, I trust you. Just tell God exactly the spaces in your heart, in your life, where you need his peace to increase, where you need to trust him more. God, I just pray, and I speak your words over them. Peace be still. Lord, would you still hearts today? Would you still minds today? God, thoughts that have just ruminated and ruminated today in this space. Would your truth, the truth of your word, cut through all of those thoughts and speak peace, peace right there? God, would you speak peace to grief and loss? God, would you speak peace to families and God that are hurting? Would you speak peace to those who are just feeling broken? Lord, they're just so caught up in their past. Lord, would you speak peace to those who are so shame-ridden and guilt-ridden? May they know that in Jesus' name, they are justified through their faith in you. God, respond to their faith. Give them peace today in every way. Lord, may they know that. May we know the experience of a peace that has no end. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over this community in every Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.